yuck. I mean, where to start with that stinker? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also happen to offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Flames 4, Penguins 1, and that only felt like it was the score for about three straight hours, didn't it? Oh, wait, you didn't stay up? That's all right. You didn't miss much. Genny Malkin had the only goal. Played a generally okay game, meaning he did. And a couple other guys played decent. Sam Poulin made his NHL debut, picked up a point. Uh, of course, his first in the league with an assist on Gino's goal. And yeah, <laughs> it was... It was just such a horrific first period that even the complete dominance that they turned in in the second period just made no dent in it, made no difference whatsoever. This is what Mike Sullivan had to say about that afterward. It's disappointing. Obviously, we don't want to start the way we started. It was kind of a carryover from the last game, but I really liked the response after that. I thought the second period, we, uh, you know, we turn the tide a little bit. We had a lot of chances. We got outscored in the period. That's the irony of it. But uh, but I thought I thought that the second period we were the better team. Dead games, man. I, I, I remember telling you on this show last week that you can get as excited as you want about this team and throw a lot of it out the window when it comes to trips like this. Yeah, they were able to overcome a lousy first period in Columbus because, you know, Columbus is lousy. And they were able to generate a really, really encouraging first period in Edmonton and take the lead there and score three goals. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, here they come. Now, these trips are, look, you can hear this and think I'm making excuses. The difference is I've made a lot of these trips myself to cover them. And they kill me and I'm not playing hockey. There's just a lot of extra stuff you got to do on a trip of this scope. It's annoying. And to have the games go back to back out there, you know, whenever you talk about this sort of stuff to anybody out in Western Canada, they bite back because they're like, nobody has to travel the way our teams do. The Vancouver Canucks still lead the NHL in travel miles year after year after year. Why? Look at them on the map. Now that they have Seattle in the division, they at least have one trip they can make that doesn't require a two-hour flight. All the rest of them do. So they have no sympathy when teams like the Penguins are just served up to them in these scenarios. They they have no qualms with knocking the snot out of you. And that's kind of what's happened in these first two games, I don't know that it'll happen in Vancouver because, oh boy, is Jim Rutherford's team in deep doo-doo. But that's another subject for another day. This team right now isn't isn't competing in this setting. And I'm inclined at least a little bit to let them off the hook on that. But there was one thing in that game that really bugged me. And you're going to hate me for bringing this up. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Okay, how many disclaimers do I have to put forth before I'm accused of blaming Casey DeSmith for losing this game? Because I'm not going to go anywhere near that. He was not at all the reason or even necessarily one of the top 10 reasons the Penguins lost this game. So if you saw the title of this episode and thought, wow, seriously, that's where you're going? You're going to blame the goalie? No, I'm not. However, I do feel it's fair to point out in the more general sense that this team can't afford another two, three months of DeSmith representing an automatic loss. And so far, he's been out there for two losses in the only two starts that he's made. The other one, of course, having been the blown lead in Montreal, eventually resulting in the OT loss. What's worse is watching DeSmith shrink. And you know what I'm talking about. Two of the goals that were scored last night by Calgary, particularly the floater that came in from the left point by Jonathan Huberdo. It was airmailed. It was coming in like, uh, like a long distance FedEx cargo flight. It was just, it was just taking forever. And everyone in the saddle dome is watching it. Everyone sees it except for one individual. Why? Because Casey DeSmith, who's already 5'11", drops to not one knee, but both knees. And later on in the game, and this was on a Nazem Kadri wrister, that Kadri had to shoot high because Jeff Petrie was in position to block it. He went down to another knee. He doesn't see around screens. A lot of times he doesn't try to see around screens. What he does instead is he drops thinking, well, it's going to get through. I might as well just see if I can take away the lower part of the net. This is a worry. This is a worry for a franchise that has needed to go to its backup goaltender a lot in the playoffs of late. And we can even cite that as having been one of the main reasons they haven't advanced past the first round in four consecutive years. So I'm not pointing this out to point out, aha, he was the one. No, but he needs to be better, and he needs to be better sometime before January. You know what I'm saying? Uh, He's a big part of this team. He has to be a big part of this team. I will stand by my support this summer of bringing him back because these things don't happen in a vacuum, and I looked at the rest of the field that was out there, a free agents, possibly could have been the backup goaltender in Pittsburgh, and... None of them were better than DeSmith, or they were way, 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 way more expensive than DeSmith, which obviously wouldn't work in this cap situation. So they did the right thing. But that shouldn't stop anybody from challenging him to be a whole lot better than he's been in this game and then 
in the game in Montreal. So did I get away with doing all that and not blaming the goalie? Did I? Did I? I don't know. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Jay Bailey's who asks I'm okay with the Penguins losing two to Edmonton and Calgary as long as they win in Vancouver and Seattle a three and two road trip would be a good result right yeah yeah it would Jay it really would again nobody likes to hear this stuff because you know the uh, games can just look like they're played on paper or on video games or whatever but this is this is a different kind of trip. Uh, in addition to the time they're spending out west, they also, as you correctly pointed out, started this trip in Columbus, which is only right next door, but is usually a much more convenient over and back kind of thing, as opposed to something that just adds on the amount of time that you're moving around. Look, nobody wants to. I, I, Kate, I, I, I've gone on way too much about the trip. And how hard it is. But it is. It really is. And that's why a couple years back when I covered the Penguins just playing great on the first couple legs of the trip through Alberta. And they just, oh, man, they had everything going on and just blew through uh, Edmonton and Calgary and put everything they had onto the ice, specifically at the Saddle Dome. I don't know what got into them, but they might have been thinking like you, Jay, where they were just, we have X number of points that we need to get out of this trip, and we're absolutely going to take these two tonight because we can't control how we're going to feel in Vancouver. And it was Chris Kunitz who led the way that night. Uh, Not even necessarily production-wise. He was just an animal. He was just setting the tone for everybody on the team. This is how you're going to play tonight in Calgary. They get to Vancouver. True story. And the Canucks, who really weren't even any good, just totally shut them out. I believe off the top of my head to the score was 3-0. And it wasn't that interesting. I don't know that the Penguins even came close to scoring. All they did by the time the third period came around, was kind of what you saw last night in the third period, which is, can we just get this over with? And they did that last night, by the way. Game ends. There's maybe three or four guys in the visiting locker room. And I go up to Brandon Sutter, who was on the team at the time, obviously. And, you know, I asked him something. I don't know. I got like maybe three or four words out of my mouth and he, cuts me off and goes, we had nothing. I go, nothing, huh? Not a thing. And that was it. That was the end of the interview. I looked around the room. They all had nothing. Why? I don't know. I'm not an NHL player. I don't pretend to be one. I've never made that trip as a player. But if I got to Vancouver and had nothing in terms of what I would write about these games, imagine how they felt. It's just a different world, man. So, yeah, go ahead into Vancouver. Take advantage of the sorry state that the Canucks are in right now. See what you can get out of the Kraken 
although that's going to be another game that's played right after. Uh, It's tough. It's tough. These trips are tough. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow. (laughs) We'll be right back.